0: Next on Contemplate.
1: Listen, is the gospel about how to live a comfortable suburban life in western Washington? Is that what it's about? Because if everything we get from scripture and every verse that we have on our coffee cup is really just making us feel good about that, we're probably missing something about the big picture and the eternal picture of what Jesus is trying to do in transforming your life.
0: Paul gave his defense before the Sanhedrin. The Sadducees and Pharisees freaked out and started arguing when he mentioned Jesus rising from the dead. So, what were they really upset about? Here's Pastor David.
1: What is it that these guys were rejecting about Jesus? They certainly, nobody would reject the idea of heaven and eternal life and forgiveness of sins, grace and peace. That's not what they were rejecting, right? They wanted all those things. Everybody wants those things. Everybody wants those things. But they didn't like the terms. They didn't like the terms because the terms said, give up your power and become a follower of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Give up your traditions and follow Jesus. And so while the promise of the Messiah was something great, the cost to them that they saw was something apparently greater. It was a lot to give up for these guys. And so whether they were the Sadducees that almost became sort of like these nationalistic deists, believing God, but he's not really involved, or whether it's these Pharisees who became these very traditional, traditionalistic, I don't know if that's a word, uh, traditionalistic guys that were uh, all about legalism and rules and traditions, whatever it was, the one thing that they both agreed on was that they didn't like Jesus. They didn't like Jesus, and Paul is caught in the middle of this. And, And one of the things that I think this brings to us and just brings home is, do we... Do we sometimes take Jesus and put him in our own image? Do we sometimes get caught up in the things that we like, the things that make us comfortable, and interpret Jesus the way that we want You See, these guys were all convinced that they were following the Bible. They were all convinced that they were following Scripture. They believed that they believed the things that the Bible said, like we do. But both groups had missed the Scripture so thoroughly that when Jesus, the Son of God, was in front of them, in front of them, they missed him. Now, let me ask you, are we so smart and so sinless and so perfect that we couldn't do the same thing? These guys were serious about it. They spent their lives in it. They're reading the Bible more than most of us, probably, okay? They had a lot of it memorized. We've got to think about this. See, Jesus speaks into our lives through his Word and challenges our assumptions and challenges the way we think uh, about the way we should live our lives. And we have a couple of options for how we deal with Jesus. All of us do. Like Paul, we can live our lives for Jesus as he calls us to, whatever that is. Or like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, we can listen to what we want to and interpret the Bible and Jesus calling for us in sort of our own image. We've got to ask ourselves, who are we listening to? Are we listening to ourselves and taking that that to this, or we're we listening to Jesus and taking this to that? I, I don't know. Sometimes we got to think about it. Do we read the Bible in a way to justify our own assumptions sometimes? Or do we read the Bible and take it for what it says? See, the Bible should make us uncomfortable. It should make us uncomfortable. It should push up against our assumptions and our lifestyles constantly. There should constantly be the scandal of, of it pushing up against us, of us having to face what it really says and you got to ask yourself what is the bible doing to challenge you right now in your life what does jesus do or say in scripture that makes you uncomfortable about your the way you spend your money about the way you live your sex life about your time about your hobbies about your entertainment choices about your job about your thought life about your politics about whatever it is, what is happening in your life that Scripture is pushing up against and causing you to be uncomfortable. Because if there's nothing there, you should be concerned about that at some level, because that's what Jesus does. Jesus is speaking through Scripture into your life, and you have to ask yourself, are you listening? Can you hear it? What's more important to you than Jesus? If you're studying your Scripture, if you're reading the Bible, If you're pouring yourself into Jesus, letting him pour into you, you should be getting constantly shaken up. Shaken up. When we first got saved and we realized that Jesus had paid the price for our sins, right? And and we're just we're so excited, we're so grateful. We're worshiping him. We feel so blessed. And we're like, whatever you want, Jesus, I'll do that. I am so happy. I went from death to life. We're in the Word. We're praying. We're attending Sundays every Sunday, even when it's sunny outside. We're all about it, right? We're all about it. And then what creeps in? What crept into the life of these Sadducees? Into the life of these Pharisees? What crept in over time? What crept into the life of these Sadducees? that They basically weren't even really believing in God in any real way that I can discern, that makes sense. What happened to these Pharisees that, that they missed the Messiah? Well, crept into their lives. Here's the thing. We tend to tame Jesus over time. We tend to tame his call on our lives. These guys had been in the game a long time, these Sadducees and these Pharisees. Some of us have been in the faith a long time. And, and we have to ask ourselves, are we looking for Scripture and preachers to scratch our itching ears? Or are we looking for transformation? This is what 2 Timothy 4, 1-5 says. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort. You see, these are words that say coming up against you. Coming up against the things you think, coming up against the way that you live and the way that you use your money and the way that you do sex and the way that you look at alcohol and the way that you look at these things because we want, because you need to be transformed. You got to rebuke, you got to exhort with the scripture, with all long suffering and teaching, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will keep up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, and do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Listen, is the gospel about how to live a comfortable suburban life in western Washington? Is that what it's about? Because if everything we get from scripture and every verse that we have on our coffee cup is really just making us feel good about that, we're probably missing something about the big picture and the eternal picture of what Jesus is trying to do in transforming your life. Probably. Probably. Are we looking for the practical or the radical? If Jesus showed up and taught what he really teaches here, will we be worshiping him or will we be ignoring him? If Paul was here saying, Give up your prejudices and your traditions and the things that you think are what's important and listen to what Jesus is really saying, will we listen to him? Will we follow what he's saying or will we try to pull him apart into pieces? like the Sadducees and the Pharisees, as an, a, as an attorney, I negotiated a lot, did a lot of negotiating. So when I would go with a client into um, you know, a mediation or a negotiation, uh, sometimes there would be, I would say often there would be what I would call non-negotiables. Okay? So my clients told me ahead of time, listen, I'm not selling that painting for less than $10,000. Or if it's an employment, you know, I'm not going to work on Sundays no matter what. Okay? These are non-negotiables. People use other words that can be called non-starters, preconditions, issues that are sacrosanct, uh, which almost sounds religious, right? Um, essential conditions, whatever it is. Basically, it's you can have all this, but don't touch this. Don't touch this thing. That's not up for negotiation. So if you have any of these non-negotiables in your life that you keep from Jesus, then I could tell you very easily what's more important than Jesus in your life. If we interpret Scripture and Jesus in order to justify our non-starters, those things that we keep from Him, it's okay that I do this over here because fill in the blank. Fill in the blank, right? Then then we start interpreting Scripture that way, and we start to become just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, where we've twisted the Scripture, and you're going to miss it all. You can't twist it at all. And expect you at the same place. Those of you who are math people, what happens if I turn a line by one degree? What happens 10 miles down the road? How far apart are they? You don't have to give me the real answer. Julie's working it out in her calculator. It's okay.
0: <laughs> it's a long way.
1: These guys, they believed in this. They read it. They memorized it. But they had twisted it to justify their own prejudices. And by the time it got from the prophets a few hundred years to when Jesus the Messiah showed up, they were so far away from what the original scripture said they couldn't even see the Son of God. How much are you willing to twist to justify your non-starters? How much are you saying, you can have all this, Jesus, but don't touch this thing? Because the second that you do that, you start twisting this. You have to. There's no other way, right? Right? We make Jesus in our own image. We're like, oh, well, that doesn't apply. This New Testament passage doesn't apply anymore. It was a different culture. That it, oh, really? You were there. Huh? Jesus didn't really mean those things. Maybe he shouldn't have put him in there then. Or, you know, wh- whatever it is. It's all too complicated. Basically, we all just need to be good. Good meaning whatever I think is good and me keeping my non starters over here. Whatever you're doing, or I'm just not going to read it. Also, a reaction that some people say, some people have. So, what's your reaction? When Scripture comes up against you, when the Bible comes up against you about your money, about your sex life, about your marriage, about your work life, your thought life, your behavior, when it says, hey, listen, don't gossip, don't cause division, love your neighbor as yourself, right? Treat your, pray for your enemies, go and make disciples, what are, you, what, are you, what are your non-starters in there? What are your, oh, no, this one's okay, I can justify this one. I can justify that one. We want to see everything from our own perspective. But here's the thing. Our perspective sucks. That's why Jesus wants to transform us. Your perspective without Jesus is not going to take you somewhere good. You can see where it took the Pharisees and the Sadducees when they wanted to use Scripture to justify their perspective. Jesus is not going to tell you what you want to hear. That's not what he does. He's here to transform you. He's here to transform you. Look, I don't want to transform my body. You know why? Sit-ups hurt. Amen? I never say that, but for that, I'll say amen. Listen, it hurts. Working out hurts. Not eating Giuliano's pizza hurts. It is painful. It is painful to transform your body. Listen, it also hurts to love your neighbor like yourself when you want to be selfish. It also hurts to give the money to the the neighbor who's suffering and in need instead of spending it on a new Xbox because you don't get that Xbox. Yeah, it hurts to be transformed. Oh, but it's beautiful. And for those of you who the Lord has been transforming, you know that to be true. And yet still somehow we find ourselves caught up in this. We can so easily become like these two sides, like these religious leaders tearing Paul to pieces that we're so serious about this theological fight on resurrection that they miss Jesus completely. We can get so wrapped up in our own traditions and the rhythms of our own lives that we miss Jesus. How will we know that we're being transformed, that we're allowing Jesus to push into our lives? How will we know that we're listening when you're uncomfortable, when you're giving up things that you want to keep, when the Lord is, is asking you to do something and it hurts and you do it, that's how you know. How do you know that you're not listening? Those things aren't happening. If you're entirely comfortable all the time. Now, look, I'm not saying that Jesus doesn't have comfort and peace and wonderful things for your life. He does for mine. I have, I have so many things that I, that I am so grateful you could not believe to the Lord for my family, my children, my wife. There's, there's a number of things that, you can be, that, that can be a blessing to you in your life, okay, that you can, and that you can enjoy. But if any of them come, in fr- including your wife, your husband, your parents, whatever, if any of them become, come between you and God, if any of them are non-starters, Lord, I'll do anything you want, but, you, but don't touch this. Don't touch that. This, this relationship has to be there. That thing has to be there. If any of that's there, again, this is going to start going sideways because you're going to have to interpret it in the way that you want to instead of the way, instead of by what it means, if you're changing your habits, you're changing the rhythms of your life to comport with what Jesus says, to comply with scripture, to follow the commands of Jesus, it's working. You're being transformed. If you're not doing that, you're not. We're being careful about what we say, about what we think, about what we do, because we love God so much. And because when Jesus says that we don't argue with him, we just do it. We're being transformed. Listen. Don't lose your first love. Don't lose the power of the love and appreciation and worship that we have for Jesus Christ because what, if he, what he did for us on the cross. You know, We're going to take communion in a little while. Don't, don't lose the joy that we have when we take that bread and that cup and we think about what the price was that was paid and the love that should be pouring from your heart for Jesus. Don't lose that. Don't lose that because as soon as that happens, as soon as you start to lose that and start to, and that, that's no longer the thing that's in front of you, it's the reason why we take communion every week. When that's no longer the thing in front of you, it does not take long until you start twisting the Scripture to suit your comforts. And from there, you're just another Pharisee or Sadducee, denying the real Jesus for the one you invented to serve you. Denying the real Jesus for the one you invented to serve your comforts, your traditions. And pulling Paul and the Scripture and Jesus to pieces losing it, missing it. God's your father. He's your father. He loves you. If you're in Christ, you have a father that loves you. You need to let him be your father. Let him teach you. Let him change you. Let him transform you. You got to have that love for your daddy, for your father. When, when we were in law school, um, Tiffany and I, she wasn't in law school. I was in law school. She was actually in a teaching master's program, but she got most of law school because I talk a lot. we, we decided to have a night out, and we had some friends, uh, Mike and Carrie Smith, good friends of ours still to this day. Um, they took our kids. Okay, Corey was probably, I don't know, four, and Ethan was one or two. Um, so they took our kids for the night, and we, you know, thought, yay, I'm sure we just took a nap. Um, you know, you have little kids and you're in law school, but well, we might have gone out or whatever. Um, and so the, our kids are with them, and, and, my, and Corey, being the inquisitive girl that she is, she asked Mike and Carrie, who they didn't know very well. Why don't you have any kids? They didn't have any kids. They were a young married couple, didn't have any kids. Why don't you have any kids? And Mike says, well, you know, we just don't have any yet. You know, do you think we should have some? And Corey gets kind of pensive and, you know, really thinking for a minute. And she comes back and says, no, I don't think people should take kids from their parents. (laughs) She thought they were going to keep her and Ethan. She's like, I already have parents, right? I love them. I'm I'm with with these people, right? Right. And so we need to be like that, right? With God, with our father. No, no. I got a parent. I got a father. I got a father. He loves me. When he he comes up against me with these things, it's for me. It's good for me. It's good for him. It's good for us. It's good for my neighbor. It's good for my family. It hurts, yes. Transformation hurts, but it's good for me. And I know that if I try to start interpreting things and start doing backflips around Scripture to make people happy or to not offend somebody, to, to comply with the, what, what society is saying you ought to do so you don't offend anybody, and you've got to follow this line, or you don't want to offend yourself, let's be honest. If you start doing that, man, you aren't, you aren't looking to your father. You aren't trusting him. You aren't trusting Jesus. You're trusting you. We cannot see Jesus in our own image. We cannot. We need to let him conform us to his image.
0: Powerful lesson today, wasn't it? Now, if you have questions or we can help you to get a right perspective and relationship with Jesus, please call us at 360-885-9000 or use email info at axchurchnw.org. And if this kind of no-nonsense Bible teaching is something you'd like more of in your life, come see us at Axe Church this Sunday morning. Get all the info you need at axchurchnw.org. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll check out our next episode for more with Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate.